Hi, everyone. Welcome back to the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast. In today's episode, we covered the topic of urethritis found under the renal section at MedBullets.com. Let's begin with a clinical snapshot. A 26-year-old man presents to his primary care physician with three days of dysuria. He reports to also noticing discharge arising from the penis and denies any scrotal or rectal pain. Medical history is significant for a prior sexually transmitted infection that was treated with oral azithromycin for one day. He says that he is sexually active with both men and women and infrequently uses condoms. On physical exam, there is purulent discharge at the urethral meatus. The patient receives a single intramuscular injection of ceftriaxone with a one-day course of oral azithromycin. Let's continue with an introduction to urethritis. Clinically, this is defined as inflammation of the urethra. In terms of the epidemiology, gonococcal urethritis is the second most commonly reported cause of sexually transmitted infections in men. The most commonly reported is chlamydia. For non-gonococcal urethritis, the most common cause is chlamydia. Demographically, this most commonly occurs in sexually active young men. Neisseria gonorrhea and chlamydia trachomatis are commonly identified. Risk factors include sexual activity. In terms of the etiology, microbial infections such as N. gonorrhea, C. trachomatis, and Mycoplasma genitalium may be causes. Viruses may include herpes simplex virus and adenovirus. In terms of the pathogenesis, there is bacterial invasion which results in an inflammatory response. Moving on to the presentation, symptoms may include dysuria, pruritus, and a burning sensation. On exam, one may note discharge from the urethral meatus, and the urethral meatus may appear inflamed. In terms of further studies, one can obtain a first void or first catch urine. There will be positive leukocyte esterase on urine dipstick, or having more than 10 white blood cells per high-powered field on microscopy is suggestive of urethritis. Nucleic acid amplification testing allows for the specific identification of the offending organism, and gram stain may demonstrate more than two white blood cells per high-powered field. The organism may or may not be present. Remember that lack of an organism suggests a non-gonococcal urethritis, whereas gram-negative diplococci suggest a gonococcal urethritis. In terms of the differential, make sure to think about cystitis, epididymitis, and prostatitis. With regards to treatment, a medical option is intramuscular ceftriaxone and oral azithromycin. This is indicated as the initial therapy for men with urethritis, and in those who have gonococcal urethritis supported by microscopic evidence, such as gram-negative intracellular diplococci. Also is indicated when there is high clinical suspicion of having a gonococcal infection, such as a patient that had sexual intercourse with someone known to have Neisseria gonorrhea infection. Note that this combination covers non-gonococcal urethritis, which is also caused by C. trachomatis. Another option is oral azithromycin or doxycycline. This is indicated as first-line treatment for non-gonococcal urethritis in the absence of microscopic, laboratory, or clinical findings suggestive of Neisseria gonorrhea infection. Note that the treatment is directed against chlamydia trachomatis and azithromycin also covers M. genitalium. Oral azithromycin is preferred over doxycycline since patients only need one dose. If the patients are treated with doxycycline, they need a seven-day course two times a day.
Complications related to gonococcal urethritis may include gonococcal prostatitis and pharyngitis, acute epididymitis, disseminated gonococcal infection, and infectious conjunctivitis. Complications related to non-gonococcal urethritis may include acute epididymitis and post-inflammatory reactive arthritis, formerly known as Ryder syndrome. This presents with a triad of urethritis, conjunctivitis, and arthritis. And lastly, with regards to prognosis, remember that it is favorable for gonococcal or non-gonococcal urethritis when it is treated appropriately. Now that we've discussed the major points relating to urethritis, let's walk through a question to apply what we've learned and get a sense of how the topic might be tested. For this question, consider the following clinical scenario. A 25-year-old male presents to your clinic complaining of a yellow discharge from his urethra. He states that for the past week, he has had pain with urination, and yesterday the discharge developed. He admits to unprotected sex with multiple sexual partners. Gram stain of the discharge demonstrates gram-negative diplococci. Which of the following is the most appropriate treatment for this patient's condition? And the answer choices are Choice 1, doxycycline Choice 2, penicillin G Choice 3, ceftriaxone Choice 4, azithromycin Or Choice 5, ceftriaxone and azithromycin The best answer to this question is Choice 5, ceftriaxone and azithromycin. This patient has an uncomplicated gonorrheal urethritis that should be treated with an injection of ceftriaxone. Patients treated for gonorrhea should also be treated with azithromycin or doxycycline for chlamydial co-infection. Gonorrhea is the second most common sexually transmitted infection and is a common cause of urethritis in men or cervicitis in women. The causative organism is Neisseria gonorrhea, a gram-negative intracellular diplococcus. Patients typically present with purulent yellow-green discharge, dysuria, urinary frequency, and a solitary erythematous nodule on the penile shaft. Let's also discuss why the other choices are incorrect. Choice 1. Doxycycline is used in the treatment of chlamydia, not gonorrhea. Choice 2. Penicillin G is used in the treatment of syphilis, not gonorrhea. Choice 3. Ceftriaxone is an appropriate treatment for gonorrheal urethritis. However, it should be combined with either azithromycin or doxycycline in order to treat chlamydial co-infection. Choice 4. Azithromycin is used in the treatment of chlamydia, not gonorrhea. That's all for this review about urethritis. We hope that was helpful. This is the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast, a daily audio review session for MedBullets the free learning and collaboration community for medical student education. As a reminder, you can follow along with these podcast episodes by reviewing the topics directly on medbullets.com. You can listen to these episodes on the MedBullets website or phone app while reading through the topic. If the MedBullets podcast has been valuable to you, we'd be thrilled if you considered leaving us a five-star rating and writing us a review on Apple Podcasts. It will help us spread the word and increase our discoverability tremendously. Thanks for tuning in. We'll see you all tomorrow, right here on the MedBullet Step 2 and 3 podcast.